Hey guys, welcome back to episode number five. Today we'll be discussing mental health. Aria, it's an important aspect to your education and something that needs to be discussed. Right. Now, a lot of people have this sort of stigma against mental health when they hear the word at first, right? Exactly. It's like this idea of, okay, I don't really want to talk about my mental health. It's more kind of personal and it's supposed to be kind of conceited away, right? Yeah, it's something that can be seen uh, just directly related to depression and negative side effects. But realistically, it's, it's not like that. It's, uh, it's a lot more than that. Right. And mental health is really, when it boils down to the real definition of it, it's your emotional well-being. How are you feeling? You know, what is your sort of emotional feelings for the day, right? Right. Uh, physical well-being, your arm hurts, your leg hurts, whatever, right? But emotional well-being and mental health is way more important because it's something that's continuous. It's never going to end. You can't lie down and your mental health will just stop. It's always something that's running, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, something that we just kind of have to talk about is, of course, you have this mental health and what is it influenced by, right? So the reason people have, you know, a certain mental health every single day is because of, you know, things like everyday stressors, relationships and activities they do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's three main factors when it comes to mental health. It's the emotional side of things, the psychological side of things and the social side of things, right? Yeah. Can we go into a little bit more detail about the emotional and psychological, they're kind of similar. Right. So the emotional and psychological kind of go hand in hand because, uh, again, at the end of the day, we're all just human beings and we display certain sort of emotions, right? We have a wide spectrum of emotions that we, you know, sort of display, whether it's happiness, sadness, excitedness, you know, joyfulness, etc. And at the same time, psychology is dictated by everything you do, right? Well, psychology poses the question of why. Why do we exist? Why do our brains function the way they do? Why do we think the certain ways? And I just want to give you guys a quick little minute. I'd say for 10 seconds, I just want you to close your eyes and imagine nothing. Just think of nothingness. Let's see if you can do it. Okay. Okay, guys, so you closed your eyes and most likely you just thought of the color black or just a dark space, but most of the time, your mind is always constantly running with ideas and memories and thoughts flowing through your brain. So it's something that's very, very important. Now, what's the purpose of this exercise? Was it just to get you guys to think of nothing? Well, really, at the end of the day, it was to make sure and understand that you guys and your brains are much more powerful than you think, right? You cannot just tell yourself, I want to think of nothing and do that. You always have something going on in your mind. And that is the essential idea of why mental health is so important. Yeah, it's so impactful to our education and just our life in general. But since this is an educational podcast, we definitely want to discuss, discuss the educational effects that your psychological feelings and your emotional feelings have on you. Exactly. And on that note, let's kind of talk about an example of how mental health can affect physical health. So, for example, let's say Timmy has too many homework assignments, and that can cause him stress, right? Now, that stress can have negative effects on his mental health, right? And that negative feeling that he has then manifests into a physical symptom like a headache. Right, and from there, that's just the start of things, and it can progress even worse. It can translate into mental illnesses, right? And these are diagnosable disorders. I mean, can you give me some examples off the top of your head? Sure. I mean, we have ADD, right? Attention deficit disorder. We have ADHD, which is basically the same thing with hyper added on. 
I mean, we have even something as simple as just anxiety and behavior disorders. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a wide spectrum of, you know, all sorts of disorders, uh, mental illnesses that can arise from just not taking care of your mental health. Right. And these are just so just arise from so, so such simple ideas. Right. And they can just progress and get worse and worse throughout time. Exactly. Now, kind of after we, since we've covered the introduction of what mental health is and how it can affect you, we want to talk about the problems of online education on mental health. Millen, you kind of wanted to start with what's a, you know, a big problem with that? All right. Between us, and I think a lot of people can agree, I think the home environment or just environment of studying and education is very, very important. Exactly. So, for example, we look at our parental relationships, right? I mean, it really just depends households differ and depending on you know how parents are with each other or how siblings are with each other right they're very very different yeah i think uh not just parents i think um brothers sisters siblings cousins aunts uncles you don't know anyone's condition right they could be living in a house with 10 people or only their parents could be a one child one parent situation you don't know but i think the home environment definitely has a large effect on on how you study like how could it affect like what could happen possibly Right. So, for example, let's say you wake up and you're trying to attend your psychology class in the morning, let's say, right? You're in your room, uh, you've had breakfast, and you're trying to study, but you can't exactly study because you hear so many, you know, people shouting in your house. Uh, you know, maybe it's your parents fighting. Maybe it's your siblings shouting that they want that toy to play with, or you're right? Or just like your sibling walking in the room. And what does this progress? This... this basically causes uh, frustration and this frustration can manifest into again mental illnesses or stress and anxiety exactly and especially since everyone's at home right you don't really have the option of going out you can't go somewhere because of you know coronavirus as we've kind of come back to well mental health um it's easy for your attention to build up especially being at home with all that contact with their family members of course they're still your family and should get on but sometimes they can get on your nerves and i think everyone knows that and I feel like not being able to go outside and, and do things that relieve your stress, like playing a sport or just traveling, it's, it takes a toll on your mental health. Exactly. And in addition to that, there's socioeconomic conditions, right, which we haven't even discussed yet. And, you know, people could be living in completely different households. I mean, you know, someone's living in, uh, you know, a large house with only a few people. I mean, it's so much easier than people living in a small cluttered space with, you know, tens of 20s of people, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, let's move on to relationships because um, it's very important, not just the relationship with your family and your household, but online nowadays, we still have access to other people that don't live in our household and that can still take a toll on your mental health. Right. I mean, everyone has their friends and, you know, maybe just the students that they talk to at school, uh, you know, their friends and their peers at school that they don't really get to talk to anymore, uh, except for on Zoom, right? Yeah, well, Zoom, FaceTime, messages, Snapchat, you have all your social media platforms. Yeah, but it's really just not the same as being it's in not person. not the same, but yeah. this, um, I think friendships in general, even just outside of online learning, there's still a lot of drama, and I feel like this is something that can go both ways, but there's a lot of drama, and especially with friendships, there's a lot of things that can happen, and not being able to see your friend in person could also create more um, issues. Yeah, so, I mean, I know a lot of friends that just really talk to their uh, they talk to their friends about, you know, like what's going on in their lives, what's, you know, what's, what's their issues, what's their, what's their problems. And without those friends, you know, being there at school to talk to them, it's hard for them, right? And for social media and just being online, being the only way to contact your friends, uh, that kind of leads to our next topic, and that's cyberbullying. That's something that's existed for a long time and will continue to exist, and especially has exploded during quarantine. 
Exactly. And students are spending way more time online, right? So as a result, that translates into a higher chance of bullying. You know, kids maybe texting them about, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. It really affects them. Yeah, there's uh, more of a chance of kids be, being able to go behind your back and say things on different message groups or even just genuinely not being uh, in- included in, in uh, let's say, study groups or FaceTimes, Hangouts, or even the thing app called House Party. Right. Things like that can just be like, make you feel like you've missed out and ge- essentially just affect your mental health. Right. It's the idea of FOMO, right? I mean, you're not, everything's online now. You're not seeing your friends in person and you, you can get bullied very easily with online. Yeah. Um, as we discussed, this can lead to stress, right? Not only just cyberbullying, not only your home environment, but frustration, right? Can still lead to stress. And let's talk about stress. What, what, what's the main causes of stress? Yeah, so in terms of online education, it comes a lot from your homework, right? And a lot of extra workload getting, you know, added onto you. It's not just homework, right? Maybe you have to do chores at the home, right? And there's a lot of things that you have to do, and that can build into this idea that, oh, I'm so stressed out, I have so many things to do, and I only have X amount of time to do it in. Yeah, well, all aspects of life create stress. Not only just education, not only just family, not not only just friendships, but um, maybe just the ability not to go outside and... And right. do the things you love. That just builds up stress, and, and different people take stress differently, right? Yeah, they can um, feel more stress in certain situations, or other people can just say, you know what, it's just not a big deal, and brush it off. That all is just uh, according to the person itself. Right. Exactly. So stress is just a really it's it's not exactly something that's strictly defined. Maybe like relationships or a home environment. It's really flexible, right? People. People can get stressed about just waking up and saying, I have to do this, do this, 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 right? So many things people have to do every day. Yeah, in the same category, there's also things like anxiety, and that leads to, or the cause of that is just expectations, right? Who gives these expectations? Right, so anxiety, uh, yeah, it results from getting expectations from parents or teachers to do certain things where, you know, children just kind of get scared. Like, do I have to do all or that? Not even just physical people, it could be societal expectations what society suggests you must look like, must act like, and what grades and things you must do. Yeah, and connecting that back to online education, so society expects you to take these standardized testing requirements, right? And you can feel pressured, like, I need to do this, I need to do that, and it can get this, like, feeling of anxiety within you, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that also depression is something a little bit darker, but we're going to discuss all the negative aspects of uh, mental health and online education and Let's say you're dealing with depression. Um, would you, do you think it would take a toll on your education? I think definitely it can take a toll. I mean, first of all, you won't really be uh, as keen to learn on a daily basis, right? You're kind of going to yeah. just be occupied in your mind all the time with well, there's no different thoughts. Right? There's, yeah. there's no encouragement. Yeah, there's, and that's... No, um, there's, there's no drive, right? Yeah, it's, it's a large problem. And, you know, 14% of students, I mean, across America face that. And that, that's, that's scary, right? Yeah, and I think... A lot more people than you think of, especially people that you're friends with on just a surface level. They don't tell you everything. Even your best friends, they might not tell you everything. There's a lot more people than we think suffer with depression and stress and anxiety. Yeah, and a really important quote, guys, is just something that you should always keep in mind is that you do not know everything about someone else's life, right? You do not know what they're going through. You do not know what they're experiencing, right? Got it. Yeah. So we discussed the downsides of mental health on online education but there's not only just one side there's two sides to the equation let's discuss the benefits of education on mental health exactly so let's just start with one of the greatest things that's kind of happened from this online education standpoint which is the self-paced courses right 
yeah, many schools, I think public schools more specifically, have allowed students to work without the pressure of deadlines and times where they have to most complete the assignments. And they can spend more time just really understanding the concepts. Right, yeah. And, you know, they can find, uh, they can go through challenging concepts without this urgency to catch up by a certain date, right? Like in a calculus class, if you're discussing, let's say, derivatives, and you were supposed to finish every single assignment and you had a test next Friday, with an online education kind of environment, you have more time to go through those challenging concepts and cover everything, like, you know, by a one through three standpoint or something like that. Yeah, it allows you to be a bit more flexible, um, especially when creating a schedule. I mean, they're giving you time a whole day, essentially, not just seven hours during the day to be able to do all your classes and then contact your teachers until they leave after 5 p.m., let's say. But it's giving you a flexible schedule. Kids can work in the night, in the morning, whenever they please. So it definitely reduces that stress level and anxiety level for having to complete tests by a certain date or assignments by a certain date. Right. So yeah, that flexible schedule, like let's say for example, uh, you have a, you're trying to have a student that's trying to complete their classwork, right? So they, they have from an eight o'clock to around noon, and then they have the rest of the afternoon to spend time as they please, right? So you have that extra free time to kind of be flexible with yourself and say, look, I don't have to stress myself out. I don't have to feel super anxious because I have my own schedule to do what I want. Got it. And I think we did discuss how the environment at home has negative aspects, but Let's keep in mind there are kids out there that do enjoy staying at home, do enjoy being in the comfort of their parents and siblings, and it gives them a little bit more drive, and also that feeling of, okay, like, I can just sit down and work, and being in a classroom sometimes, it's not always the most comfortable situation. Yeah, and exactly, it's that safe space, right? You're, as Milan was saying, you're at home surrounded by loved ones, and yeah, exactly. It's going to enhance not only your academic, you know, rigor, but it's going to enhance your own mental health. Because, you know, when it comes to your mental health, if you think about it, mental health directly affects your academics, right? Or even your academics could affect your mental health, right? It works both ways. So having to do less at school could help your mental health and having less to stress about could help your education. Right? Exactly. Uh, so kind of moving on from the safe learning environment, we have open enrollment, right? Now, what does this mean, Millen? So open enrollment is many schools accept students at any, any point during this year. Basically, that means like parents do not have to wait till the next year to transition their child. And this method could help the kids a lot. Like there's a lot less stress taken out of the equation. Right. So since everything's kind of open now because of an online education environment, the schooling method, right, based on what's going on with the schooling method uh, in this current environment is really going to benefit a child's health. Right. As Millen was saying, these online schools accept students at any point during the school year. It's yeah. not really a strict school like date that you have to come back because of online. Or it's not even based on where you're located or your region. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so flexible and it, it, it's insane how how much of an effect this can have on like a child's mental health. Like, you know, their worries or their anxieties can severely, you know, just decrease because of this. Okay, so let's move on. I mean, benefits of your education, that kind of like says, you can do whatever you want, really. As long as you're completing the assignments, you can do it in any matter or in any way. School has a structured schedule. This time you have to be here. This time you have to complete this class. You have to get this done by one. Realistically, at these schools, especially public schools, they're just giving you the work. Do this. We don't care how you do it, just get it done, right? And that gives you flexibility. Yes, and the greatest, most important thing is with this entire online education environment, you have a personalized experience. Now, you, obviously this means that you don't really have to be in this traditional classroom where you know they're struggling to give students this personalized teaching 
But, you know, the online education is creating that. I mean, really, it, it just lets kids find a way that makes them work the best, makes them the most productive, right? Let's say you work the best at night. It allows kids to do whatever they please to get those assignments done on time and do the best they possibly can. Exactly. And, you know, especially for, you know, mental illnesses that students face, it's, you know, helpful to students with like, let's say ADD or ADHD, right? Right. Yeah. These kids, uh, maybe they don't feel comfortable, comfortable at school or having to deal with so many people, <laughs> sorry, or having to deal with so many people at school and having to be in contact with these people. And maybe they just like being alone. So it affects everyone differently, but essentially just gives them that flexibility of their environment and their routine. Yes, thank you guys uh, so much. So now we're going to be bringing on a professional therapist and psychologist who has experience uh, with both normal traditional classrooms as well as the online education. And she'll be discussing uh, both the benefits as well as kind of the issues that you can face with online learning. Yeah, we'll be glossing over everything we talked about uh, at the start and just seeing what her side of the story is and also the different stories she's had to deal with, like the, the students that come into her and ask her for help. That's very important because we can talk about it as much as we want, but someone that has experience in that field is very helpful to the kids that, was, that are listening in. Okay. We'll be bringing her on right now. Thank you for listening. Okay. Uh, hi. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Uh, Ms. Thomas, uh, just to kind of get started, can you tell us maybe a little about yourself? Uh, like, what's your occupation and who do you work with? Yes, thank you for letting me join your discussion today. I think talking about mental health um, and, and normalizing people's emotions and thoughts um, is really um, valuable, a valuable discussion, especially for high school students. Um, yeah, but, it's, yeah. yeah, it's something that definitely exists, right? And it's something that we're seeing that occurs more and more. People starting to be a little bit more open and that's something that we like definitely need. And I think high schoolers in general, they experience a lot of stress with workload and just dealing with other kids. So I think that's something that's definitely important to discuss on an education podcast. Absolutely, but there can be stigma around mental health. So I really applaud you both for wanting to address uh, this topic and you are right, especially with high schoolers, there's, um, there is, a lot of stress to um, strive and meet your goals right. and short term and long term. So part of my um, role, at, I'm just you asked for my background. So I'm a, a, I have a master's in clinical psychology and um, I received my bachelor's in clinical psychology from UC Berkeley and I have a master's from Pepperdine University wow. and I'm licensed marriage and family therapist. So I'm licensed through the state of California to be able to provide individual couples and family uh, therapy for children and adults. Right. Wow. Yes. Can I ask, um, how how long have you been doing this for? (laughs) I've been doing this a long time. Um, So you're definitely experienced. About 18 years. Wow. Got it. Yeah, that's crazy. So before we jump in a little bit to the online education part, we're just going to talk about general um, mental health. And we just want to talk a little bit about how you actually like talk to children and our kids and how you like assess these problems and overcome the barriers. Okay, that's a really good place to start because um, especially children, they don't tend to come up and verbalize 
what's going mm -hmm. on in their hearts and minds, right? We have to be yeah. observant and watch their behavior. Right. A lot of times that will be the first indicator that something may be going on um, that's troubling to a, to a young person. So whether it's, um, you know, a declining grades or being more isolated, if that person was a little, you know, a social, had a right. lot of friends and um, yeah. joined clubs and they're more reclusive, right? Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Try to pick up on this. So, um, I'm not sure if I answered all of your question, but that, so that may be a place I start where I would either be in a classroom or on the playground if there are younger children or, you know, just involved in campus life at the high school level, talking with teachers and administrators about um, how students are doing. Yeah, right. Like any part of daily life could be an indicator basically is what you're saying. So you kind of just need to keep your eyes and ears peeled and just kind of like pay attention to everything. Yeah, absolutely. It can be something going on at home, like maybe mom and dad are, are having, you know, uh, marital problems, which is causing a lot of anger, frustration and tension in the household. And, and um, you know, t teenagers are affected by their parents' relationships. And a lot of times parents will say to me, oh, you know, my, my, my kid doesn't even know what's going on between me and my wife or me and my husband. And, and I will, you know, give them a little bit of a reality check and say, you know, our, the people in our family are more in tune than you may think. And, and uh, adolescents are very aware of their parents' behavior and mood um, and thought right. processes. So um, it's important exactly. for parents to be educated on on mental health as well as students right yeah and kind of moving more towards like this idea of online education you know obviously you've been such a helpful therapist for the past couple months at uh, your local high school so uh you know as as a therapist and you know as someone that's been experienced with this what was like the most common widespread issue you found when you were dealing with teenagers for like the past three to four months with remote learning yeah, yeah i think just adjusting to change because as human beings, we, we're kind of creatures of habit and we feel comfortable in being able to predict what's going to happen the next day or the next moment even, right? When there's a lot of unpredictability and change, we tend to, our, our fight and flight response kicks into gear and we can get a lot of anxiety um, with that unpredictability, the fear of the unknown. So. Um, I saw some of that with students and, and teachers and parents as well, not just students, but everybody, uh, because we want, you know, we want to feel safe in our environment. And so certainly the, the issue of germs and getting physically sick, that that's even heightened our awareness of our physical safety. Um, and then it, it spread more into things like isolation and loneliness and, um, yeah, as uh, teenagers are social creatures, they like being with their friends, their friends are their, their primary cohort, their primary group of where you find your identity and your sense of belonging and self-esteem is with your, your peer group as a teenager. And so that was all right. kind of stripped away very quickly. Um, so there was some sadness, depression, isolation, anxiety, um, and then also just the amount of time in front of a computer screen, you know, for how many years have you heard your parents or teachers say, don't be in front of the screen so much, right? Get off your phone. Yeah. And now yeah. we were, we were um, 
enforcing that you needed to, or encouraging you to be on your on your uh, computers and devices. And that takes a toll on our brains, on our eyes, on our physical uh, well-being. So adjusting with all that, it disrupted sleep and eating. I'm sure a lot, of, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I, I gained 10 pounds during COVID because yeah. I'm just sitting around munching all day, right? It affected not only uh, our, our minds and hearts, but our bodies too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I can imagine, as you mentioned, you know, being alone and isolated without any social social interaction, right? We're social creatures by nature, like you said, right? So, you know, like how, how, you know, like, what can we do for those teens that, you know, aren't really, you know, seeing their friends, seeing their, uh, you know, people that they like to be around uh, on a normal basis? Yeah, it was really hard. I, you know, I found that um, students who were more, um, what do I want to say? liked being more alone in general, that they, they fared better than students who are maybe athletes or they, you know, they just like, they're in clubs, they're involved in ASB. Yeah. Um, it was a hard adjustment. And, and to say to students, well, just get online and, and Zoom with your friends or, you know, or FaceTime or, or whatever it is, right? That it's, uh, you're tired of doing that after, after Zooming all day with yeah. school, um, you know, so I, you have to kind of really get creative if you have people in the neighborhood or extended family who you are kind of seeing, but social distancing, you know, where's everybody's comfort zone? When can you start, you know, getting back into some um, semblance of a normal social activity where you could take a walk maybe, but social distance together or, go to an open air mall like the Irvine Spectrum and hang out, but still be, you know, uh, separated or go to the beach when the beaches are open and be six feet apart. I right. mean, it takes, it takes effort and creativity to, to find those avenues. Yeah. Right. So more specifically, I think you've mentioned a lot of the issues that teens are facing with sleep and eating and all those schedules and Zoom calls and et cetera. So I want to talk about like some of the strategies you take when these teens contact you or you come into contact with them um, to kind of help them and not necessarily take it all away, but kind of ease them back into a healthier lifestyle? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say for teenagers, sleep is the number one most important thing to you are, you are doing your brain a disservice when you are chronically fatigued. You know, we've all done the pull the all-nighter because it's finals and or I got to get this paper done, right? And that one time here or there staying up late won't really affect us. But if you are chronically fatigued and having, you know, a reduced amount of hours of sleep every night, you are not allowing your brain to work at optimum capacity. I, I mean, tell students, yeah. it's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say like something that my parents always tell me and something that I see a lot is um, growth and especially adolescents and teens. Um, we're still growing and especially in our brains, like we're still advancing and I think not getting enough sleep, would that possibly affect us for the rest of our lives considering our brains don't get to grow as much just as long as the physical side of it? Yeah, from like a more psychological standpoint. Yeah, well, well, what it does is, it, you know, lack of sleep um, can 
make you more irritable. It can give you less frustration tolerance. And what do I mean by that? It means you are quick to become agitated about something that maybe you would normally have a lot of patience for, right? Mm -hmm, It affects your ability to concentrate and store um, memories into your long-term memory bank in your brain. So, um, you know, when we think, oh, I'm going to cram for this (laughs) test all night, you are really not uh, doing your brain a, a, a service. Um, so it not only affects our intellectual ability, it affects our emotional ability to, to be able to connect with people and keep those relationship skills and bonds in a positive, um, positive atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, you know, obviously, you know, quarantine has really exposed some, you know, more negative things, you know, being alone, being isolated. But at the same time, would you say maybe are there any sort of positive aspects uh, for quarantine on our mental health, like, you know, getting a break from school or being in the comfort of our own home, surrounded by family, things like that? Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked that question because you're looking at the silver lining, right? And that's mm-hmm. the, that to me says you've got some grit, meaning you are able to face life's challenges and find a way out of of the maze, right? Yeah. Um, instead of feeling bogged down and and overwhelmed with, I'm feeling hopeless, right? That you are using your problem solving skills to to get past a, a, a over a hurdle, which is fantastic, a fantastic skill to have in, in life moving forward. And certainly, spending that time with with siblings or parents, um, maybe doing more family dinners, maybe getting a little exercise, riding bikes together, uh, you know, reconnecting with the simpler things in life, maybe even decluttering a room in your house or doing a project. Um, You know, those are all great, great things that that people can take from from this really, really hard situation, maybe even reconnecting with a grandparent or um, you know, an, an elderly neighbor doing something kind for somebody, reaching yeah. out to them. Um, there are a lot of ways to find the silver lining here as well. And that could definitely right. like reduce yeah. your stress and anxiety, right? You know, as a person that's maybe coping with some sort of mental health, uh, you know, like issues like, you know, I've had stress, I've had anxiety, things like that. You know, those sorts of activities help, right? Absolutely. And doing something kind for somebody else mm-hmm. makes you feel good about yourself. Right. That's kind of the, the payoff. It's, it's um, you know, it's a selfless act leads to actually in turn you feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Okay. And I want to ask you another question. I think that it's important about how we talked about the silver lining and essentially doing other things to take your mind off of uh, the main stress factor, the main factor that's causing that issue. But what would you consider a distraction and what would you consider something that's actually making a positive change? Like if you play video games all day just to get your mind off of, I don't know, your low, your low grades or maybe a family issue, but essentially it's just making things worse for you. Like when would you consider it something that we really need to step in and change rather than just keep using these decoys? Yeah. And, um, Again, that's a really, really powerful question you're asking, uh, because I, inherently, I don't think there's anything wrong with video games, right? It's it's a way to get your mind, right? I like to yeah. go to the movies, and I just you just escape, right? Sure. But I think the the word the key word for me is balance. That we need to have a balance in life between 
okay, I, I need to take a break from this and forget about it for a few moments, but then also to know I need to come back and problem solve, or I may need support in really addressing something that's unsettling for me or something I don't want to tackle. Um, things like homework piling up, again, the balance of doing things little by little every day. You know, if we, I'm, I'm great for making lists and checking off on a list when I do even a simple task. And actually there's, um, there are scientific studies that say when you check off or cross off something on a list, you are giving your brain a shot of dopamine, which is the happy, yeah. yummy drug yeah. that makes you feel yeah. good and motivated and, and right. like really, you know, good. So, so there's something to setting small goals. And even if it's clean my room or clean this corner of my room today, right? Mm -hmm. Or make my yeah. bed, crossing that off, that you start to retrain your brain that not everything is a gigantic mountain to overcome, but there's just one step at a time. So it's all about right. balance. It's good to go sit at the beach and do nothing, right? Or hang out with your friends or play video games. But you, yeah, you have to balance it out. You can't do that all day, right? Okay, yeah. So on the topic of uh, something that we mentioned earlier, like distractions, and we're going back more to the negative side, but we want to talk about it because it's something that it's, it's there, but a lot of people like to ignore, and especially kids our age. Um, so on that note, we want to talk about the effects of teen drinking and smoking because it's definitely something that exists, but not a lot of people talk about it. And we want to ask you, have you had any issues dealing with that? And how really bad bad for us is it? Yeah, this is a tough one, right? And I, when I do talk to students about uh, drinking and smoking, or even you know, drug harder drugs, um, that yeah. the problem with it is that the drugs, the alcohol, they do their job very effectively. They are very good at what they do, right? You take mm -hmm. a drink you feel good right you take a drink yeah. you get relaxed you take a drink you feel happy social um, so you get an initial reward and reinforcement that that mm, I feel better if I do this right um, so it's it also takes some education in just really thinking about what you're doing to your brain as it's in a very important stage of development and growth um, that you know, that some drugs are, you know, th there's irreversible damage that can happen. And actually just personal stories working in, in psychiatric hospitals mm -hmm. for so long, really seeing the devastating permanent effects of brain damage due to drug use, um, that it's, sure. it's really bad, but you know, and that's, I'm, and that's an extreme, right. But, um, you know, for the most part, it's a it's a quick easy fix and even if if you wanted to you know lose 10 pounds or gain muscle mass you can't do that overnight those are things that take time effort motivation um to get yeah. the pay in the end right yeah. so um and a lot and a part of that is also the peer pressure that goes with social conformity right all my other friends are doing it it must be okay or i'm going to be safe in this situation and it takes a really yeah. strong individual to say i'm not going to go down that path i'm going to do something else to take care of myself yeah i i really yeah i really appreciate that i think that's you know really powerful right, yeah. for a lot of teens everywhere but yeah just to kind of wrap us up for today 
you know, pandemics as a whole, you know, obviously we haven't experienced many of them, but they can be really stressful, right, for children and adults alike, right? So I guess the wrap-up question really is, you know, how can we cope with this stress and anxiety we feel in a healthy way so that we can make ourselves and the people we care about stronger people? Yeah. Um, it's a nice, nice question to end on. I think that not being afraid to talk about what we're feeling, um, whether, whether students talk with their peers and their other, other students, right? Or even just you, you guys having this forum where students can even just listen because yeah. by absorbing this information, it gets people thinking, right? And feeling, okay, I'm not alone with how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking here. And that, that's comforting. Um, if you can t obviously talk to adults or who are mentors in your life, it doesn't matter if it's a parent, a coach, a favorite teacher, your, your art teacher, what, whatever, right? Um, somebody who has gained some wisdom and experience, maybe even a grandparent who's lived through an era in life when there was a global crisis, like we are, we are experiencing experiencing now, they can look back on those experiences and, and talk about it and how they got through it. Again, that's another bond and connection and way to cope. Um, and to right. also, I think, know that I also wouldn't hear, listen a lot to the news. Um, it gets very scary and confusing. And yeah. I think being informed is good. But, and to get a lot of sources, whether that's a online or newspaper kind of thing versus TV, a lot of different ways to, to get uh, information globally, but, um, but not to sit in front of the TV all the time, absorbing all this, you know, negative, negative stuff. Um, yeah. And then taking care of yourself one day at a time, knowing that as a community, as a culture, as a nation and as the, a human population, we're going to get through this. Yeah, yeah. It's you got to have that that mindset, I think, to be strong mentally. And yeah. although like not everyone's at it right now, obviously, like you said, we got to take those steps to get to the place we want to be, right? Especially yep. to be able to deal with any issues that come our way. And it's okay to not be strong mentally or emotionally sometimes, right? And it's that reaching out for help. There are a lot of, you know, um, helplines, um, like a 1-800 helpline or a suicide um, risk helpline where there's tw 24 hours, someone is on the other line to, to help and, and offer a referral, a resource, anybody who's in school has counselors at school who exactly. can, even in community college or college students, there's, there's counseling centers there for students. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciated, you know, all of the tips and everything you had to say about, you know, mental health in general for students, especially right now. Yeah, honestly, it was amazing. And even some of the things I heard I could definitely apply to my own life yeah so yeah you're I mean for our podcast in general we'd rather help the lives of three or four kids or ten kids rather than just make content for a thousand kids to listen to but not really affect anyone so by giving this information you could have said something impactful just for that one kid out there and could have really helped change something that he had a lot of issues with so exactly. thank you for that yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys for, again, bringing mental health and emotional well-being to the forefront. And even throughout the year, if you, if you do this on a continual basis, I'm more than happy to come back and talk about 
other um, teen-related issues regarding health and wellness. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode about mental health in online education, featuring a professional therapist who taught both students and adults about how important mental health is, not only in online education, but also in life. See you guys next time. Thank you.